0: hey, hey mamas. mamas welcome back to another episode I'm Jess I'm Erica today we have got um Joss with us today and he is an advocate for basically living your best life <laughs>
1: mama's code how are you I'm amazing thank you
0: who are you tell our listeners what do you do what what are you an advocate for? Because, you listen, your bio has like a hundred things. That's why I said living your best life.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, I am Josh Cambridge-Simmons. I am love, love is me. And I'm a childcare specialist. And what that entails is that I look after children from birth as maternity nurse, doula, birthing partner. And I've been a nursery teacher, a nanny, a governor, a support worker, a family support worker. And I run my own childcare service called Jossica. And within my service, I offer all of those services and also parenting support. So helping parents, parents from love, not survival. It's actually, I've realised the work is more the work on yourselves. Because what I realise as parents and teaching, the children aren't the said issue, it's the parents that are the said issue. But we're not pointing the fingers and saying, hey, it's you. But we're calling out our own BS and saying, hey, OK, this is what I keep doing okay, this is what we need to do to stop. We're not changing the children's behaviour, we're changing your behaviour. Come on, your behaviour and your habits change, the children will pick up healthier habits and healthier emotions. So, yeah, that's what I do. Um, I've won awards for my work. I won a National Diversity Award for Being a Positive more in 2019, which was on ITV. I've been nominated for various other awards, Um, UK Nanny Award, I think tw- two years in a row. I got nominated for Nas- Nursery World Award this year just gone. Um, What I advocate for is love, because for me, love is the beginning, the middle and the end. And without love, nothing I do is possible. And why I'm a big advocate for love is the way that I work. I have a practice called heartfelt practice that I use when working with families. But I've used, I've realised I use the same practice with adults. I'm patient, I'm understanding, I'm attentive, and I meet you where you're at. And I've learned that from working with children. Also, I do a lot of TV appearances regarding my nanny work, a lot of blogs and podcasts regarding, regarding my work and my mindset because I've realised my mindset and how I think and speak and a lot of my posts and the work I do gather a lot of attention. And I have a lot of conversations around the stuff I'm talking about already, around the way I work, my mindset, and how I've let love lead. and. Yeah, that's me, Josh Cambridge Simmons. Do you
0: know what? Well, there's something that um, I picked up on what you just said is that the hardest thing is to parent our traits out of our children. So for us, because because we've never had to... I mean, of course, we'll have moments in our adult life that we will stop and think, oh, my God, why am I so stubborn? Or Why am I so impulsive? Or why am I so impatient? But you don't really act to change that. And even if you're in a relationship... And, you know, you're always arguing and you think, "Fuck sakes, this is what, what happens because I'm so stubborn. I don't want to say sorry first or whatever the situation is. But only when it comes to having your own kids is that you realize almost instantly when they actually start to interact that your traits subconsciously have already been transferred onto your child. And it's the hardest thing to parent out because, <clears throat> you know, you can be an impulsive person that starts shouting rooftop if you just hit your elbow on the door or something and just that simple action you don't see it as something bad you're just reacting to the pain that you're feeling in that moment but your child even if your child is just crawling is watching you and it's just going to think that this is just a normal reaction and they become impulsive they become overreactive they become stubborn they be and and I mean it's, it's it's quite hard because I feel like at the same time, you're trying to pinpoint your traits in your child, as well as they're going through emotion, like all that emo, all, developing all their emotions as well. What's being happy, being angry? So it's like a big hurricane. Like, what, what's my traits and what's my child actually going through mentally?
1: And even in saying that, a lot of us adults don't meet ourselves where don't meet ourselves where we're at. A lot of adults don't show up for themselves healthy. A lot of adults haven't got healthy habits. Adults are not in touch with their emotions. So they're teaching or they're parenting from like we spoke about, a place of survival. And it becomes even more damaging and even more sad that they're now parenting from a space of lack of. So they've got no patience or understanding for their children, which just becomes a ongoing kind of ball of chaos. and It starts and ends with us as adults.
0: Sorry to interrupt your listening but we'd like to share with you our Mama's Code 10 discount code which you can use to purchase your mini Christmas sessions with natalieportraitphotography.com Yes that's right guys we are weeks away from Christmas and what a better time to get those Christmas family pictures in of your newborn, your toddlers or you and your partner. You'll also find all the details in the description
2: of this episode. Thank you. Mama's Code what other traits do you think that we, not on purpose, but that we pass on to our kids?
1: Our stubbornness. In, in relationships in general, whether it's child-based child or adults, stubbornness and ego has no space. But we're a lot of us are very stubborn and live up to our signs, so to say, and then our children pick it up. I and mean, our children are strong, strong-willed, strong but then our children become stubborn because they don't know how to navigate it. But they quit it from us. When... If we was more of aware, we would, be able, we would be able to have our parent, have our children in a space where they just become themselves, who they are for themselves. We wouldn't project. So if they want to do something, they're going to do it. If they want to do it, they won't do it. Rather than us, say, us create a narrative for them to live up to. For a lot of adults, be educators or parents, create narratives that they want their children to live up to. So it's like, is your child living for themselves or living for you? And most of us will look at it and realise our children are living for us from the age of two up into teenagers and teachers will have children in the classroom living up to their narratives rather than us helping this child navigate their own navigate their own universe and find out what it is they want to be and want to do and how they want to be. Because like we said earlier, all I believe is needed is us to create a safe space for said child. I was on the phone to my friend before, before jumping in the podcast and um, my friend mentioned that her daughter said to her that she feels safe with her. And that's all we want, I want for my children is to feel safe. But some of us want way more than that. When all all you need is for your child to thrive is a safe space and healthy habits, and the rest you're going to learn on the way. Everything else is what clouds it and makes the space that space damaging, and then damages you, and then damages child, and then we've got to do more work on each other and, on on a said child as well.
2: How how did you get into childcare? Like, did you always know this is like the path you wanted to go down through?
1: Um, it found me. I've believed it's, it's been my vocation. I've been working with children and families since nineteen. So I was doing volunteer work in my brother's nursery and primary school. It's so, it's so funny because I'm 33, the, the times that I was doing volunteer work, you could just work in nursery willy nilly. Like you could get a job in a nursery off of the local high street and they would just employ you, where now you need checks. No, You can't just walk into a nursery setting. And of course the staff... Um, admired me and admired my interactions with my brother and his little friends. They came and kept asking me to come and do volunteer work, did volunteer work. They did more volunteer work in his school. Around that time, I was, I think I was signing on and I couldn't find a job. Then I think I found a job in Westfield, in Next, in Shepherd's Bush, and I, I couldn't get enough hours. So I found a job in there. I was working in Harrods at the same time and in Tesco's. So I was working like 40 hours, over three jobs because no one would give me a full-time role. And then I was still doing volunteer work here and there with my brother's school, like reading reading library stories in the morning. And then my mum was like, oh, you should find a career that you want to stick to and that you can do long-term that you enjoy. And then my mum found me a job in the local Islington Gazette because that's the borough I'm from. And it was a nursery role in Ascrift Day Nurseries, which is now, which is still about? No, which is now Kids Unlimited. And it was in Finley park and nothing's coincidence that my mum found it in our local gazette. the nursery i worked in was an in area that my dad's from my mum's from per se and with what i would call the ends that's the manor. so the fact that my foundation just started where the foundation started before me like in none, none of it's coincidence so it's been 16 years next year i've been working with families and children and i because i dj and i do events the same approach that i had with getting a big amount of people in a rave was basically get your name out get your name out hand out flyers hand out business cards So with E.K., K I did just that. I put fly, I put business cards in every shop you can think of. I made sure everyone knew who I was then I built up a clientele whilst working in nurseries and nannying part-time to I got to a stage where I was getting asked to work constantly whilst being at work so I left my full-time job four years ago went off and play. And that's how, that's how Jossie Care became out. And then Jossie Care, the name, came from one of my children in the classroom because all the staff was making business cards for babysitting. And we were like, what should we call it? Some a child said Jossie. And then some, someone else said Care, one of the teachers. And then Jossie Care came about. But then Jossie Wossie is what my godmother calls me because Jossie Wossie and Worcester. Worcester's a source. It seems like wow, but it's not a wow to me because even what I'm doing now is intentional. Like I wanted to fly around the world for work. I wanted to have a business where I work for myself and choose my hours. I wanted to be the face of men in childcare. I wanted to be on TV, make creating TV shows. I wanted to be talking to people about men in childcare. And where I put the intention and manifested it how many years ago, and it was just patient. I'm now here talking to you, um, to you on your platform about the work I do that I manifested from how many years ago, which mm. is which takes me to saying, um, patience is a virtue. And the, the seed you plant now, you won't reap it until maybe 10 years' time, but don't stop. I'm an example of that, where a lot of us start stuff and expect stuff to happen overnight, but it yeah. doesn't work like that.
0: I was going to say, that. It's so it's you always hear people saying, oh yeah, I'm manifesting this, I'm manif-, and they just sit there expecting things to get done, and it's like, just because you said it and put it onto the universe, it doesn't mean that you need to stop and do this. And, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people are into having vision boards and um writing their goals down and the steps they're going to make you know create to get there and and it's all yes it's very hard when you dedicate so much time to making something and it's just going very slow but like you said the seed you plant today it will blossom you know tomorrow how so has Jossie Care been around for four years now then?
1: No, jossie care has been advanced since I was nineteen. I registered when I was nineteen, but I'm um, self-employed four years ago.
2: How 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 do you feel? Because childcare is an extremely female-dominated industry. How were your thoughts when you first got into it? Because it could be daunting. Like you know, like say for me, like when I work in an IT company and it's domin- it's male-dominated. You know, you see all the CEOs and everyone above you. It's like men, 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 men. And often we see that, you know, women are not considered for the role because obviously we've got children and we have to stay home with the kids if they're sick and maternity leave and all these things are kind of like a burden and like a red flag for businessmen. So how did you feel knowing you were going into such a female dominated
1: industry? If I deep it now, I call my mum, but my mum's busy. We didn't. Consider that. That wasn't no thought that you're going to be the only man working there. When my mum found the advertisement in the kitchen downstairs in the Gazette, there wasn't a conversation about men don't do this. Mm-hmm. When I was doing volunteer work in the school and my brother's nursery, there wasn't a conversation about are you a man, do it. It was more so they could see I, I was passionate about it. And stuff happened at work being the only male, you stand up like a sore thumb. Being the only black male, it's two sore thumbs. So that's one thing that I've made sure I haven't worn and haven't carried with me, which is hard not to because being a minority in a workplace, be it from gender or race, as a woman, you know how it is being a woman in, in, said, in said working environment when there's just bravado around and no one's considering that you're there. So, you're, so you've so you got to work even harder to be seen. And then what happens for stuff like me? Like I, I would be on a higher salary than some staff members and staff members are out to get me. Because of, um, how can I put it, put it politely, because of the female energy in the room and in instead nurseries, it was very feminine. But I've got a big feminine energy myself. And I think that's where I picked it up from. But it was very vindictive on the other side of it. And very, um. can I use the word bitchy? It was very bitchy on the, side, on the other side of it as well, where I've had people really try to do me in staff members and spread rumours that aren't true. Or little things like, where, where, where you know, when you work in the workplace when you're quite young, so everyone that's your age group, you vibe with them male or female, you vibe. Everyone would assume that I'm trying to move to Sophia because I'm working with Sophia, but we get along because he's from the ends, the same age group, into the same stuff. That's the click now. I just happen to be the only guy in the click, so people will be like, Oh, he's talk, he's trying to flirt with her, no, we just we're just a good team, innit? A lot of that stuff's happened over, over time, and it's funny because. There's, the statistics of men in childcare hasn't changed over the years. The statistics of black men in early years hasn't changed over the years. But there's a lot of men out there, but there's not enough. And I have to say it and land with it, we need to cut the narrative that we're only having men working childcare, working with boys. Because when I often say my job, wrong, what I do, oh, yeah, little boys must love you. No, all genders of children love me. I look after little girls and little babies and male children let alone non-binary children that have no gender it's not a thing where it's more so children of all sexes need to be need to see men in in, a, in positive lights and caring attentive roles men being patient men being soft men being men, men being in need roles and fields of work that are deemed feminine and these men having divine feminine energy and embracing it like I do like I, I've, I don't know how to run from it. I, I've just embraced it and I've just become who I am.
2: I love that. I love that because we, like Jess and I, we have little boys and we've always spoken on how, you know, men are brought up to, you know, boys don't cry, you should repress your emotions. And it's kind of like we've spoken about this whole, you know, some people, like parents, will not buy a little boy a kitchen because it's for girls. It's not. Those things are not gender-specific Anyone, you know, how many male chefs do you know in the world? I probably know more male than female chefs. So it's like, why Why would you, and I love that you're, you know, like the importance, because I literally was going to ask you, like, why is it important for men to work in ch- childcare? And it's that. It's for those little boys and those little girls growing up to see the emotion and the love that you put into it. You don't have to be, a, because this is the thing. Where, like, men only account for 3% of, like, the childcare for- workforce, it's, it's just so little. And even, like, when I go to, like, my son's school, it's just women everywhere. Like, every year I'm like, maybe this year my child will get a male teacher. But no, it's never. It's, like, very rare. And I love seeing how not only are you a guy, but you're black and you're representing because it's, again, that that there, it's kind of like you don't see that because people assume, nah, like, I'm too big, I'm too hood to go and be. But it's not. Like, your area doesn't. I, I, every time I say I'm from Brixton, everyone's like, oh, you live in the hood. No, I don't. I don't live in the hood.
0: <laughs> you can take the girl from yeah. Brixton, but you can't take the Brixton out of the girl.
2: And I think it's as well where sometimes, like, when when I hear these comments, and obviously... My South London accent comes out and I'm like, we talking about? And everyone's like, <laughs> all right, I didn't know that about you. And I'm like, my accent, nothing defines me. So I just really wanted to put that out there because I love seeing it. I love, I like, I would love my sons to see you and know that they could get into any career path that they
1: wanted. And as well, it's so sad that we have to say that because it's not common. Where we need our children to see. Black men, white men, Asian men, Greek men doing these gender-based roles, breaking that stereotype. So we're not having to have these conversations that put me on a pedestal when there's plenty more out there, but there's not enough. Because these conversations need to be to be eradicated and become normalized. So there's more men doing these jobs as well. So it's 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 quite sad that nothing's changed and I've seen it, and I'm trying to be the change that's happening when there's men out there. Like we, now know, we, now, we now all know each other. Even if you look at the school run. I, I'm on the school run a lot. I'm usually the only guy on the school run. So even if the dads that are there aren't even doing the school run enough, yes, they might start work later, but I'm sure they can navigate something where they can pull up and drop kids off and their mom can go to work. Because even, uh, like, my thought process, I haven't got children, in, but if I ever did want to have children, I would happily stay at home with my children 24-7. And wife will go to work, or have a lifestyle. We both have to work. How can you look after my kids? They're my children do.
0: Do you actually think that you would be able to do it? <laughs> Just be- it's fucking hard being twenty four hours at home with a child.
1: But he does it
2: for a living. He's used to it. Yeah,
0: but he goes home and he doesn't have to worry about the child in the other room. He, do- he doesn't have to wake up with kids poking his eyes, sitting on his face.
1: I sometimes do when I do living. in, but minus that, it's more so. Because of my emotional capacity and my understanding of parenting, I know it's 247. And I know the emotions that go into it. And emotionally, and my emotional intelligence is quite intact, where I would happily look after my child from birth if I had to. And mum wanted to go to work, or if mum passed touchwood, or whatever reason, mum wasn't fully involved, I had to take it on. I've kind of seen it as it's as much as it's your child, it's our child, but it's my child too. So anything you can do, I can do 10 times over a competition but there's no way I'm gonna have a child with someone and have said mum think feel like she's doing this by herself ever in guys of co-parenting or not and I think my job's solidified that even more where I do it I've to start have to start dinner school run come back clean the house start dinner again do with baby set up baby's routine do an activity get back for the school run come back do dinner do bedtime all before 8 pm and it's, it's, it's not easy to so walk in the park work-wise, but I know emotionally it drains me. But it's something that I would happily do um, with a smile on my face as a parent because I've always seen it as it's a two-way street. It's not one, but there's so many households that I work in. Actually, no, a lot of households I work in, it's actually 50-50, but I know that isn't, that isn't the case everywhere. Well, I have female friends who, who the dad doesn't pull up the socks. Like, the dad doesn't do too much or, or vice versa. Mum doesn't, like, doesn't do enough. That doesn't do enough. And I think you both should be putting in the same amount. It shouldn't be 60, 40. And I think that's why I say it my chest that I would happily stay at home with my children. It, it, it does, I did get that reaction quite a lot though. People are like, how, how? And I'm like, why wouldn't <laughs> I? say it
0: because uh, two weeks ago, I went away for a whole week for the first time ever for my child. The first day I really missed him. And then that was it. Like, I, I just didn't even think about it. And I was so happy. And I was like, oh my God. As soon as I got back home and... I spent, you know, the day with him. I was like, I was tired again. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, like, this is so hectic. And even today, like, now that the kids are on half term, he's back home and he, so he, he goes the whole morning and I get him back like at two after his nap. And like today I've suffered so much because I'm like, oh my God, can you just stop talking? And I can't, obviously I'm not telling him this, but in my head, I'm like, just, like neutralize yeah and i'm like i need to if i'm not talking to him he's not going to learn anything if i don't play with him he's not going to play i can't put him in front of a screen and just because i'm not in the mood for it today but i was i was going to ask so when you come across these parents that say you know what i've just said or dads that don't really put their back into it what like why do you think that's the case
1: i think it's confidence and well, uh, for the male, for the men. Yes, because I, th- I think I think both parents, I've, I've seen mums and dads lack confidence. It isn't a gender-based thing where the dads don't think they can do it. The only difference is it's, it's mums get into survival mode and just do it. Some mums, not all. Well, I've seen some mums that haven't known what they're doing, have been scared and have gone for help. And I've seen some mums haven't gone for help and just coped. And then some dads just coped or some dads just didn't show up at all. But I realised when it comes to dads, the dads not showing up and they're in a co-parenting situation or situation where they can, they can parent how they want, it, a lot of it seems to be lack of confidence of a lot of dads. It's where, like, where, like, I know there's a common demeanor in the culture where a lot of women don't, are confident of giving their newborn baby to dad until baby's one by himself. And I, I blow my trumpet. That's my child. <laughs> so I can't have, my, can't have my child after five days. No,
2: and, and as well, like, especially, like, in Jess and I's culture, um, we tend to, like, so sometimes we say, oh, you know, we're so tired, we, we need a break, and our husbands are happy to give it to us. But they don't tell us, before you leave, leave everything ready. We get them used to that kind of, like, behaviour. Like, I know when I would go out, I would have to make sure, like, breakfast is ready, lunch is ready. Or I'll be constantly like, have you done this? Have you done that? I need to leave him bathed, Like everything, like, why do I think that he's not capable enough to do these things? Like he would obviously not Especially let... Especially
0: because we know that they are actually
2: Yeah, capable. but it's us, it's that control that we always want to have. And I feel like I'm a bit impulsive. And sometimes I'm like, oh, Ollie, why haven't you sent me a picture? And he's like, I'm trying to enjoy my time with the kids. I'm not on my phone all the time. But then I'm like... But I always take pictures of them because I don't want you to miss out on anything. He was like, yeah, but that's you, Erica. That, that's not me. Like, I want to be present in the moment. And I get that. And I, under- I can understand that and appreciate that because sometimes it might mean that I'm not really present in the moment because I'm so focused on, well, you're working all the time. So I want you to be at least know what the kids got up to at breakfast time before we went to school. So it's all these things. But, you know, when unconsciously you try to, Sabotage what they're doing because you assume, well, if I do this, you have to do that. And it's not like that. We're completely different. We have different parenting techniques. I know that Jess and I have come across the thing where, you know, oh, we're going to give the baby a bottle. And then we, I don't know if we think that the way that we give it to the baby is the correct way. And then if we see something wrong, we're like, no, 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 you don't do it like that. Or you don't burp the baby like that. You can't bath the baby like this. And we're like proper in their face. Like, we need to relax. And I say this, we, because I know that I've done it. I know Jess has done it. Our friends that we've spoken to, we've all been in that we need to control every move. And then I can understand that some men will just get tired and not just not do it. If if you don't believe in me, it's just that same way as in your saying, you're you're trying to like raise these children in knowing that they can do any gender situation but as women we grow up and then we're still everything that you're trying to teach those children there's going to be a woman out there that's going to be like no you're not doing it right when I had the same child that you had how do I know more than you it just doesn't work like that but I just think it's something that's drilled into women's head that we assume that mummy instinct that supposedly kicks in we know it all and I just don't think it's like that
1: when a lot of mums aren't always maternal
2: no no
1: mm. my mum loves it a bit my dad's more maternal than my mum is my mum, my, my mum doesn't like kids I adore children like I love a newborn baby so but then even in that realm even if I look at my love life and dating because of my job and my mindset towards work and life and children and love especially if how I how I would potentially parent or raise children, it causes conflict because people kind of feel like they know it all. As much as I know it all, I don't feel like I know it all. There's so much more me to learn. But so many, like, I'm getting to know someone, talking to them, oh, if we had a child, you couldn't do that. Mm. I haven't said nothing. I'm not getting triggered, but I'm, I'm like, seriously, this isn't going to work. So we just. I just don't call them again. But it, that, <laughs> that happens because so many people do have... Do you this-
0: just ghost them then?
1: i'll end up communicating but if you're if you're already dictating how you think you're going to parent but not trying to meet the parent halfway when there's not even we don't even know when they're having a child this is just you're just you're just dreaming out loud which is allowed i do the same but you're already not even trying to meet me halfway it's long there's no conversation to have i'll let you know like this can't go forward because i know as much as i know as a as a as a Childcare. if I have a child with someone that hasn't got a child I potentially will know more so I have to do my best to make mum feel like she mum can do it by herself let her with me but I make sure mum doesn't feel like she's never by herself because I know I might take over so I have to kind of make sure that I don't I tend to take people with children I've realized I'm very weary of these mum's parenting styles if they don't align with my parenting styles of how I work it can't really go forward because I feel like I don't want to be judgy but I can't say to you, oh, if you talk to a child like this? I, 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 I would just happily call it a day because I, it, it's, it's a difficult space to be in as a child carer right? when dating people with children. When, because I now have to watch how you parent, like I've been on the phone to people and they're like chastising their child for doing nothing. And it's because you're on the phone, that's why your child wants your attention and you're chastising the child. And I'm now triggered, I'm thinking, oh my God, she's talking to the child like that. And like, it's not my place to say anything to you. And it'd be different if I didn't do my job, but because I do my job, I'm very weary of the advice I give people. When I, mean, I do know there's gonna come a time where I could be with, with someone that's got children and they might come to me for advice and I will give it. But I've learned, if you're not me for advice, I'm not gonna give it, especially with parenting. I know the mums that I've got so far by themselves, they're not gonna be listening to my advice regardless of whether my nanny or not. Unless you've come for my, my advice professionally, in the space of dating like I have talked to people that I've got to know and they've come to me for advice so I've given all the advice in the world but they've told me how hard that was because imagine imagine being with a teacher or being a behavioural specialist and then you've been parenting for how long by yourself you now start seeing said man he might have an opinion on your parenting style that he doesn't want to share with you which is hard so like it my job role doesn't always benefit me in spaces that people might think it does <laughs>
2: I was laughing because I could imagine Joss, like, you know, he's getting on well with this girl and then they like proposes to get married and like, they're literally on the verge of getting married and then he sees something dodgy, he's like, oh, nah. And then, like, I just can imagine you grabbing your phone like, babe, this isn't going to work.
1: <laughs> I, I've got no tolerance, but I'm very patient and understanding. So yeah. I will happily speak up and say, this is that. But then I realised there's, like, I want to be a parent from a place where if I become a parent... My children have hopefully have no traumas because I did the work.
2: And I love that. I love that because not a lot of us do that. Like I know for me, like maybe like your mum, my mum's not very like loving. Like she's just very like dry. But I she does things that will show me that she loves me. So like she'll make nice food and stuff, but that's her kind of way. But growing up, I never like really got like, you know, I love you, Erica, or a hug. It was mainly my dad. And I remember that sometimes I'd get beats just because, like, just in case you do this, here you go. (laughs) And I remember always thinking at the back of my mind, I would never want to do that to my child or scream, scream. I hated it. I think someone screaming at me and even till now is worse than you hitting me. And I think it's that trauma because it was always them shouts and like just shouting constantly. And I was like, I could never do that. And then I remember when I screamed at my child for the first time and he got so emotional, I was like, nah, I can't do this. Like I promised myself the one thing I would not do. And it's just like these traits that you say, no, nah, no, nah, I can't, I can't do that. But then you catch yourself doing it. And if you're not quick enough to like roll that back in and kind of like sit down and analyze. And it's the same with, like, saying sorry to your child. I promise you, Joss, like I said, my mum would hit me for God knows what. She will never sit down and apologise if I hadn't done that. It was just kind of like, well, I'm an adult, you're a child, I'm right, you're wrong kind of situation. Whereas I've learned from that, if I tell Joel off, and I know then he didn't do such thing. I'm big enough to sit down on his level and say, I'm so sorry I did this because I want him to know that forgiveness is a thing. People can get it wrong, you know? But it's that, like, I remember never hearing a sorry from my mom, even till now. Like, there's things that she'll say and, like, very, like, critical on situations. And I'm just like, okay, well, that, I don't really agree with that. And she gets angry, but it's like, we all have an opinion. Like, why do you, it's the same with my my child, my child talks for days, like, days on days, and there's days where, like, I wake up, and I'm mentally not there, and I don't want to hear it, but I've always said, and I say to my partner, I'm like, Ollie, we can't shut him up, like, the other day, he was watching something, and then he was like, oh, bear bear in mind, it was like 7am, I still was sleeping in my head, so, oh, why don't wishes come to life? And I was like, no, they do. Like if you speak, speak on them, and you act on them, you know your dreams will come true. I want to be a monkey, but you know, I can't. and I'm like, it's seven a.m. Like where do where do you come with up with these things? But some people, like I know for a fact, my mom would have probably slapped me and said, "Oh, you're talking shit." Like, speak yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Something.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get what he's a child? Like their imagination just goes wild.
1: And and it's, it's like. Adult in is reparenting ourselves. So whether you're a parent or not, the work you're doing in yourself is to get back to your childlike state. Because if you realise how happy children are, I want to be like your son. Wake up happy for no reason. And I think that's why I tend to wake up happy for no reason. I, I got back to my childlike state a few moons back where I realised the importance of keeping my innocence, keeping my softness, keeping my emotions intact, but letting them out and crying like a baby when... When like when's needed and how important that is. And I've realized with age, I let my I let myself get softer as I get older, not harder. Because as men and women, cultures aside, we let the world harden us. So all the emotions we have, we've gone through X, Y, Z, we've become parents, we've gone through stuff, and we get to a stage where we don't no longer cry, we don't no longer speak up. We speak up for everyone else but ourselves. When I've realized I've told I, I made a promise to myself because of what I went through as a child, um, trauma wise and being exposed to domestic violence and everything like that I made a promise to myself as a youth that I'm not growing up to be a man that is emotionally unavailable for himself and that's why I stayed soft and and that's why like you see if you see my captions on my post I'm in my feelings 99.9% of the time I'm in my feelings (laughs) because it feels safe there my sensitivity my softness is where I feel safest and happiest so I stay there and I carry it everywhere I go I, I don't let any 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 spaces I'm in or people I meet no longer can take that take that away from me or make me change make me change who I am to fit into said space.
0: Do you enjoy a bit of Drake? Not really, you know. Oh. Not really.
1: <laughs> but but I uh, what, what what I'm learning, I, I've learned it from children because I have realized I open and honest children now with how they feel. You always know where you stand.
0: And I think it's that when when you're when you've expressed that you're angry to your child or something. They, You can can go from you've just shouted at them to in a split second say to them come give me a hug or something or I love you. They'll immediately smile and just come to you and it's just like that innocence. We are too quick to react in the situation and I think if you're not reflecting from the day you've had and learning from what you've just gone through or however your day went, you're not really going to get anywhere. Because, you know, we all make mistakes. And, of course, if, if, we're, if we all always want to better ourselves, it's about reflecting on that. It's about, like Erica said, go to my child's level and say sorry. Um, I wanted to ask a question. And, obviously, you've started the episode with saying that love love is so important. And how can, how can that message help all of us as adults, you know, aside if you're a parent or not?
1: Okay, letting love lead is letting children lead, because children are love. Whether you're a teacher, a childcare, or a parent, when you become in tune and you've got to a space where you're not in survival mode, you realise how much love children enjoy and give. And when you let them lead, they take, you, they take you to spaces or places you never even knew existed. But to believe in love, you've got to believe in yourself. A lot of us don't believe in ourselves. We sit here, filters, Instagram captions, looking hella lit, but the self-esteem is on zero, which I get it, it happens. But we're not who we're not who we post to be, as we say in it. So how you can get there is by becoming in tune with yourself, signing into yourself, and letting go of the narratives that you've painted and picture depicted you in yourself, and get getting into your core, doing some self work, looking for a life coach because I've got a life coach that I talk to a lot that I'm going to start using um, regularly, and have approach is payment through anxiety. And it's parenting through anxiety because we need to reparent ourselves as adults. Because it's us that are the lost souls that, that hurt individuals that project onto everyone else we come across. And also, um what we can do is asking our loved ones how they want to be loved. Because I did an Instagram live recently and I posed this question. Everyone came back a few days later. People, Someone come back to me today. Everyone said, everyone they asked, most people didn't know. And people have been with their partners for years. People been a parent for 13 years, they've asked their child. Any people that could say how they want to be loved was their children. Everyone's asked their partners, whether it's man or woman, their partners didn't know. I'm kind of happy I'm single. Because <laughs> what, I'm going to be with someone who doesn't know how they want me to love them. That sounds like hell. But
0: do you think it's you that has to tell them how you like to be
1: loved? No, because for me, I need to meet you where you're at. Because as much as I can love a certain way, you've got how you want to be loved. I've either got to meet you there or leave you alone but that's only reflective of how one loves themselves. So all, of, all I'm saying starts with myself and ends with me. You, you're only a chapter that might last a very long, a very, very long chapter, but I need to be able to treat myself with patience, be attentive to my needs, hold space for myself, meet myself where I'm at, be soft with myself, and basically just, just become childlike. So the same emotions you see your child represent in the way your child behaves and how your child is just very honest and open, we need to adapt that to our own lives because we was that person but we've, we've got through life and let go of so many of the best parts of us where I can put my hand up and say, I haven't lost myself through the process of my trauma. But I'd use my trauma to teach me love, which was the hardest thing ever. I had to, I had to find love via the madness and storm. And it's why I hold on to love so dearly and why I love means everything to me. And when I speak about love, people tend to think I'm thinking about dating. People tend to think I'm speaking about dating in their romance and I'm like, no, I that saying myself, love starts with me way before it starts with anyone else and way before I can put it into my job. It's just that, not even just, it's the way the way my university startup has put me in this space work-wise where I now learn love through the best teachers of it, children.
2: So a lot of us know that many kids don't have that father figure. Why do you think it's important to have that male figure it's... in a child's life?
1: I've realised it's not important to have a male figure, it's important to have positive role models in your child's life period of both genders, because it's not a gender-specific thing that just because you've got an amazing amount of an uncle, your children are going to grow up fine. Children need to be seeing adults with healthy habits, seeing what safe spaces look like and seeing what healthy relationships look like. So we need to be exposing our children to those things, safe spaces and healthy relationships and, Adults that are going to do best by them, regardless of gender. Because, um, for example, people that are single parents, being mums or dads, sometimes are looking for another person to be a great parent. No, you've got it, regardless. It would be nice to have someone else, but you've got it regardless. You just need to be able to know that any people your child meets via you, family, friends or dating, is going to be a positive influence on them. Especially be a family and your friend, because you shouldn't be bringing strangers around your child personally. So um yeah, your eyes went up. <laughs> um so yeah, it, it's not really the fact that yeah, he needs a positive male influence or positive female influence. He just needs positive people around them to show them life and show them love in different aspects. Cause not every woman's the same, not every woman thinks and feels the same and has the same emotions, the same mindset. So we tend to think that all women are the same and soft and sensitive. I know I know a lot of women that ain't sensitive as well. I know a lot of men that are. So it's just having um, healthy, very really healthy minded people around, around your children and, and with you. And it's why I respect people that take their children away from family. Because some family members you have, grandparents especially, aren't the most healthy influences on ourselves, let alone our kids.
2: I ask it because I, I know you've seen it constantly. So any person that's in a gang, it's always like, oh, child comes from a single mother with no father figure. So my question is why, like, it, I agree with that, you know, a single mom can raise the best kid ever and then two two parents can raise the worst kid ever. It's really how positive and what impact you've given that child. It's not, oh yeah, so you've got a mom and a dad, so that means you're going to be bright and you're going to f- flourish in the world. It, it's not that. And it really triggers me when literally I always hear, like, whenever that like, there's like a killing or something, you know, the... Child always is like single mother, no father figure. So he was currently in a gang. And it's like, why would you need to add these things? Like maybe they did have a dad, you know? Sometimes some people are co-parenting, but automatically it's assumed, well, no, the mum was parenting single when the reality is, no, perhaps the dad had a really big part in it, but they just, it's that that stereotype that they want people to believe, you know? If you don't have a dad, you're not gonna live. A and it's
1: crazy. A lot of these men doing road, their dads are about. You know, a lot of yeah. the men that are doing yeah. road, their dads are about. And more time, the dad was on the road as well, or the dad lost the son, and then the son's just outside, and they come from a great home. So, like, we can't blame each, each individual, each individual parent's gender on why the child might have chose the other path. We have to we have to blame both of them because children see outside what they don't get at home. Because children are product product their environment product of their environments, so you have to. What we do have to do is make sure that the biggest influence in our children's lives comes from the village. i have got two little brothers that look up to me, but they look they don't look up to me as much as they do. But they look up to other positive people, which is fine with me. And I'm I'm a great person to look up to, but i my ego isn't there with my brothers. So like it's more so they've got people to see people around them to see that they want to attain to be or be better than. I mean, if, if I'm honest, we want our children to be better versions of themselves, because a lot of us want our children. I want children to be, to, to go all the way, because we didn't go all the way. And we no, that's too much pressure. I just need them to just be, to, to just be. If I'm honest, the bare minimum is okay. I'm gonna love them regardless.
0: That's so true, right? and I think that's something that your parents obviously <clears throat> wanted the best for you, didn't quite meet their own expectations. So now us, as the adults that we are now, we've we. Still still, or I mean, I can speak for myself, I still feel like perhaps I'm not, I didn't meet my parents' expectations and what was what I was supposed to be in life, basically. <clears throat> and obviously, I've learned, I've, I've taken the silver lining from that. And I thought, you know what, I'm perfect in my own way. I've done amazing things in my life. Yes, it didn't tick your boxes, but that doesn't make me a bad person. And I'm not going to take that onto my child. And I think it's so important that we're able to communicate to our children, you know what. What is it you like to do? Do you really, you know, do you like that? And see their passions and let them let them be creative in whatever it is that they like, and let them express their emotions and. Perhaps the way that we weren't allowed because we were, you know, the first child and we we needed to be perfect. And... Or we were
2: compared to other siblings or yeah. cousins. Look, your cousin over there graduated, so you need to graduate. And it was like the aunties fighting for who had the best child. And oh, this one graduates in law, so you have to be a doctor. And it was like, but I don't like that, mom And she's like, I don't care. You have to go be it. I have someone very. I like, Am I
0: not good enough? Yeah, I have
2: someone very close within my family circle that. And Jess and I touched this with um, a teacher. Um, This person kept picking her child's education path. So he really liked something and she'll be like, no, you need to do this because that's not going to give you enough money. And I was like, but why? Like, it's what he wants, you know, like, why would you have to dictate what your child needs to be? And again, it was that comparison, like, oh, look, my friend's daughter just finished school and she got a, 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 A so you have to get the same we're two different people I personally hated it because I always got compared to my, my elder sister and I was like and I, I was really upfront because I was rude I would be like yeah but that's her I'm Erica like we're complete two different people that like, don't compare me with her and like Jess like I feel like I've accomplished a lot Maybe not perhaps what my parents would have expected because, again, my mum wanted me to be a doctor and then she kind of said, oh, I want Joel to be a doctor and then now I want Kaylin to be a doctor. I'm like, "Mom, there's no doctors <laughs> over here, OK? Like, just give up that dream already. But it's that expectation that they still, like, OK, you, can, you couldn't do it, so I want you to do it. And then the next person, and it's like, nah, you need to calm down. Like, my child's just in year two.
1: Like, I was talking to my cousin yesterday and I said to her, like... Our generation needs to realise how well we've done in comparison to what mm. we've been put through because of our parents. The traumas we've picked up and what we've experienced in our households growing up, I and mean, we now who we are, doing what we're doing. We've won. It's good enough. If my life stops tomorrow, I'll be happy. If anything kind of doing stops tomorrow, I'm happy. Because half of us shouldn't be where we are due to what we've experienced and been through because of our parents. And this isn't pointing the finger. This is just keeping it 100. Because our parents put us through some stuff in the name of love, because they didn't know any better, but that, that caused us X amount of trauma, and some of us, 99% of us are still adults now, having to bypass that trauma and navigate, and we're parents, we're running podcasts, we're running businesses, we've got jobs, we've got we've, we've got families, we've got ourselves to look after them, we did, I think we've won, if I'm honest, we've, mm. did, we've, did, we've did better than Despite them.
0: Despite the fact that we're the most traumatised generation. <laughs>
1: yeah, we did better than them, and it's like, I don't think anyone sees it like that. So backing up on um, what Erica was just saying, even the whole concept of having to live up to people's narratives, we don't end up doing that with our own children adults and parents and teachers. Wanting our child to live up to a narrative because your child isn't reading yet and your oldest one reads, so you want your child to read at three when you failed your child already that thought process. Any adult that's around children enough or parent will let you know children do stuff on their own fact enough that
0: absolutely um so just to wrap up the episode we like to end no wait wow i forgot it's your line erica it's not my line so we like to finish off the episode on a golden tip so anything you would like to say to parents to adults to whoever
1: let children lead let love lead and go and listen to cleo soul 23 and Cleo soul promises it will make sense it will make sense
2: is that a song? Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joss. I feel like I'm already a better parent after hearing you. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Being 100 again, it's, you know, when like some and I think we, we had another person in childcare and every time uh, Jess, <laughs> Jess was asking for so much advice to that lady. And then the lady was kind of explaining <laughs> to obviously Leo, her son, was born into like the pandemic so he's he wasn't a very social child and she was like that's fine and she was like giving examples of games to play and Jess was like so what me and my partner just meant to stand there in a circle we can't even make a circle we're just three people (laughs) (laughs) but we were cracking up but these things really stick to you because every single person that goes past the podcast leaves something I don't know if the Jess I know we always end up at the end and we're like wow like I feel like liberated like you know like it's almost like a therapy session and you you can I can tell you I, I've never met you before Justin. you know I've told yeah. you that you know I used to get beats and stuff but yeah, it's yeah. just <laughs> traumas that we've all gone through you know yeah, yeah, yeah things that you kind of you drill into my head and you're kind of telling me well no like you know I, I didn't leave, like live with love and all this and now when you've asked that question how do you want your partner to love you I don't know I don't know and that yeah. obviously must mean because I don't know how mm. to love myself.
1: And also, ask your children that, because we're parenting yeah. with a narrative that we've wrote up, but it doesn't benefit our child, benefits us. So ask your child, how do how do you want me to love you? And they might say something like, oh, I want more Lego. And then then it's, a, it's a learning opportunity, letting them know, I but why are you Lego? Because I love you, but Lego isn't love.
0: Erica asked me this the other day. And I was like, listen, to me, love is, you go to a shop, even though I've said, I don't want anything, don't come back home and don't bring me anything. <laughs>
2: I'm
0: sorry, but you don't love me if you didn't bring me like a Snickers or something. Even though I didn't say I wanted, you should know. So, right,
2: right, right. That, but that, it that... wasn't. It wasn't so much the question Joss was asked. I asked her, "What is love to you?" Because love is it means yeah. a lot of difference. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> so love can mean yeah. something to you, and then I you can tell me, and I'll be like, "Shit, damn, yeah. I didn't even know love
1: yeah. was that." I, I, and to, to be quick, when I ask it, it's the deeper meaning of it to you. So yeah, what what, yeah. what bit of love keeps you up at night what bit of love gets you scared that's what it means to you the most that one simple thing that like, for me love means to me you you love me for who i am not and you wouldn't change nothing about me mm. most, of us, most of us will change stuff about ourselves let alone our friends or partners if we was given enough money i to yeah. know you wouldn't budge up that's what love is to me and also love is loving yourself because you can't love me if you love yourself that's something i believe in done
0: self-love always wins Mama's Code out. Mama's
1: Code.